Hello, my dears. Hello, my darlings. Welcome to another Slut Radio podcast with me, Mama J, in your sweet, sexy little ears again. I'm liking your ears, babies. Okay, the last time I was with you on one of my regularly scheduled podcasts, I told you I had a COVID story for you. And it's, it's not a good one. It's not a bad one. It's sadly, it's a typical one these days. I was over at the boys' house for Super Bowl Sunday, and it was just me and the guys, so just the four of us. We, the four of us hang out so often, uh, but yeah, they tease me that I just should start paying rent. So I was over there for Super Bowl Sunday, and the next day, one of the boys had to call out of work because he was feeling icky. So he went and he got tested for COVID, and yes, he tested positive. Yes, he was contagious on Super Bowl Sunday. And yes, we were all eating and drinking after each other. We were we were like, oh, here, taste this or or, you know, whatever we like I said, eating, drinking after one another. We passed pipes around. We just we were stupid. We were stupid, and I guess because we have just, we haven't been around anybody else. But, yeah, he tested positive, and he was contagious while we were all together at the Super Bowl. So, I think at this point now, I think the two other boys also have it. One of them got tested when he started showing symptoms, and the test came back negative. But, he has since lost his taste and smell... So we tend to think maybe the test was wrong or maybe he got tested too soon. Either way, I don't know if uh, the other young man has it, but I'm going to go out on a limb. I haven't heard from him in several days. I think he's probably getting a lot of rest. So yeah, my three boys seem to have COVID. Uh, So far, knock on wood, everything has been good for me. I don't have any symptoms. I have been taking my temperature religiously. I have been watching for any signs and any symptoms uh, because you may or may not be aware I do have autoimmune disorders. So I, I tend to worry and I also am 55 which puts me in a higher risk category than the boys which is they're so sweet you know I was asking them at the uh, end of last week do you guys need anything I'll come over and bring you ice cream or you know whatever you want whatever you need do you need tissues do you need soup do you need Gatorade and they're like no you just need to stay away we don't want to make you sick so yeah my my boys are are good i am quarantining myself i've i've been at home i'm sure you noticed that i've been a little busy with podcasts which actually this is a good thing for me but yeah i'll be quarantining for about another week yeah that's my COVID story so if you guys would just send out some positive vibes for my boys i would appreciate it even if even if they would say no don't worry about it you know, I do my personal stuff before we get into the, uh, the uh, actual subject of the podcast. And one of those things I always do is my Dave shout out. I was getting my notes together today and I could not come up with a Dave shout out. 
couldn't think of one, couldn't think of one, couldn't think of one. So I just, I went ahead and I got everything else ready. So I'm sitting here at my computer and I, while I am working on Slut Radio, I try to treat it as I would a job. And the last time I was actually employed for a paycheck, we were not allowed to have our cell phones with us. Now, they were really good about letting us keep them somewhere close by, as long as we had the ringers off and everything, because they're just way too... This is just how the world works now. You, you have to have your cell phone with you, especially in case of an emergency regarding your family or, or what have you. You just have to. So I try and incorporate that into my working for Slut Radio. So when I'm working on it, I have my cell phone silenced. I have the ringer turned off and I have it kind of set aside, but I can see the screen of it. So if a notification does pop up, I just kind of glance at it and I'm like, oh, Twitter. Okay, whatever. Oh, Twitter, whatever. Oh, that's a text from one of the boys. I'll get to it. But something popped up on my screen and I looked over and saw Dave Portnoy's name. No, 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 no. He didn't call me. I'm not that fortunate. No, he, uh, his latest pizza review was out. So I grabbed my phone. I said, fuck my podcast notes. Let's look at Dave. And honestly, I was stuck. Like I said, I, I couldn't find a Dave shout out. And so I said, okay, well, we'll watch the pizza review. Maybe that'll give me some, some ideas or something like that. Oh boy, did it. That man. Mmm. He's so yummy. Okay, he's in Miami right now, Miami, Florida. Oh my goodness, he looks so tan and so yummy. <gasps> he does. And he he actually pulled up his shirt to show off his sexy tan. Yes, he did. I got to see that belly. <gasps> oh, and according to him, his pants were too low. He ended up blurring out his belly. He said he was probably going to do it because he felt like his pants were too low. I don't know. I didn't see anything because it was all blurred. Oh, it made me so sad. But yeah, I could, even though he blurred his belly and the lower part of his abs, I could still see. And I know you've heard me talk about these things. If anybody knows what these are called, tell me. It's these these things that are, are down at between the waist and the hips and they're like these little indentations and these things really show up on somebody who tends to work on their abs these are the opposite of love handles these are like indentations in the body these are so sexy and Dave Portnoy has those and I got to see them today oh Dave I want to nibble you I want to nibble you. I just, okay, I'm done. That's my Dave shout out. If anybody's out there with Dave and you have heard me, tell him he's got a crazy lady that wants to nibble on him. Mm, he might like it. Anyway, I don't know. Like I said, I have had a little bit of extra time now that I am quarantining. And um, I finally got my codependency bonus episodes released. Yay! Okay, it, I had to release it in two parts, uh, so be sure and listen to both of them. The first part is about codependency in general, and then I've got some of my experiences 
with codependence throughout my life. This episode is about an hour long. I think it's an hour and one minute. Uh, So yeah, you've got about an hour to listen to that first part. It is called Bonus Episode 3.1, Codependency and Me. Okay, and the second part, this one clocks in a little longer. This one clocks in at about an hour and 40 minutes. This one is called Bonus Episode 3.2, Codependency and Didi. This was my daughter, my darling daughter, Didi. Uh, Most of this second part, the second episode, is her talking about her ex-fiance. Thank you, Jesus, that he is an ex. Uh, But yeah, she was in... She was in a codependent relationship with him for a very, very long time. They were high school sweethearts. They broke up. She ended their engagement after she graduated college. So this was many years that they were together. I let her tell her story, and I didn't do too much editing with it. So you're going to get a lot of ands and buts and ums and things like that. I have to say, when, and I started doing this when Miles and I were podcasting earlier on in my my podcast career, I guess, I don't like to do very much editing when I have a guest. And the reason behind that is, I'll edit myself out the wazoo. I know what I meant when I said this, um, and I may decide to leave that in there. I didn't do that to Dee Dee's episode because I feel like even with your pauses and the ands and the so's and you know just those little filler words that we use, everybody uses those differently and I know how to edit myself and maybe as I go along in my podcasting career I might feel more comfortable editing a guest but right now no. So I I left the interview as it was. I did, (laughs) I did have to bleep her name out. She referred to herself at one point. So I had to use a bleep. And there were a couple of mentions, I think, of the ex-fiance that might have identified him. And I did edit those out because we were very, very careful. He tends toward vindictiveness. And we didn't want to give him anything to come at her with. He's already so bitter about the broken engagement. It, it just, so yeah, no. I, do, I didn't want to edit it. But, uh, and, and there was a lot of information left over, if you can believe that. Two hours and 40 minutes total for the two episodes, and I will have to come back to this topic. I want to thank, by the way, I want to thank my listener who suggested this. It was a listener suggestion for codependent relationship uh, uh, podcast. They did want to remain anonymous, so that's not a problem. I want to thank you for the the excellent, excellent subject idea. And I hope that what Didi and I covered is kind of what you had in mind. If not, get back in touch with me and let me know. And I do want to take this opportunity to apologize to this person as well as to you guys. These bonus episodes were overdue. They were overdue, and I am sorry. All right, now with that, 
Today's sexually liberated, unashamed talk radio topic, my babies, is wet dreams. Yeah. This, uh, have you guys ever, I've got to ask, this is just me, my mind, my mind automatically goes either to the gutter or to a joke. Seriously, that's how my mind works. I, I tend to not take things seriously. I don't know why I'm like this. I'm sure that my psychiatrist has an answer for me that I don't want to hear. There is a song called Wet Dream. This was, I remember hearing it in the early 1980s. Yeah, yeah, I had big hair and everything. The link to the YouTube video is my pinned tweet. And it's the unedited version. Um, back in the early 80s when this song was released, it was very, very, very risque. There was an edited version that was played on the radio. The link that I have, like I said, it's, my, it's the unedited version. It's funny as fuck. There's, there's a lot of wordplay. It is a clever, clever, clever song. And as many times as I've heard it, I'll bet you anything, I probably still don't know all the jokes. There's a lot of them. So give, give that a listen and you'll like it. Okay, the subject of wet dreams was also a listener's suggestion. And it was very broad. They just suggested doing a podcast about wet dreams. So I don't know if they wanted to hear about my wet dreams or about science and wet dreams. So what you're gonna get is some factoids and maybe a Mama J story. <laughs> if you would like to suggest a topic for a show, go to slutradio.fun while, while we're here talking and get in contact with me. Now that you've got a little errand to run and a podcast to listen to, the scientific name for a wet dream is a nocturnal emission. Mm -hmm. One of the things about these nocturnal emissions, or these wet dreams, is people get embarrassed. People get embarrassed. And I think a lot of that comes from, typically it's guys. When we talk about wet dreams, people think about teenage boys. And one of the things that these teenage boys go through that they feel so embarrassed about is the mess. It's the mess. They're embarrassed about it. So as the parental figure in your kid's life, I'm going to ask you on their behalf, please don't make them feel bad about the extra laundry. Please. They can't help this. And you know that. You do. Treat it. Teach them how to clean it up. It's time they learn how to wash the sheets and their pajamas and their underwear if they haven't figured this out already and treat it just very matter-of-factly. Treat it like mowing the yard or changing the oil in a car. Just treat it like that. Say, okay, you strip the sheets off the bed and you bring them in here and you put them on this temperature with this much detergent and just boom, you're done. Okay, and they will eventually thank you for that probably. Now, speaking of embarrassing and embarrassment and just embarrassed, 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 don't be. Wet dreams are nothing to be embarrassed about. Everybody has them. Mm -hmm. Everybody does, even females. 
it's just a little less noticeable due to the way guys come versus how gals come. I mean, it's just, that's all it is. <laughs> it's semantics. There's nothing worse than a crazy old lady who laughs at her own bad puns. Okay, no. So when we think of wet dreams, we think of it. We think of a wet dream as something that just happens during puberty, right? But it isn't. It isn't. It happens more frequently during that. You know, that time during puberty when your hormones are just crazy. You just you can't control it. But wet dreams happen throughout a person's life. We call wet dreams wet dreams because of the result, right? The result is that the person who's dreaming comes. But aside from that, that's the only thing that may actually be erotic, so to speak. The dream that supposedly caused this may not be erotic at all. Yeah, you can actually come while you're dreaming about like a salad bar or changing the oil in a car. Some people tend to think that it might just be overstimulation from things like pajamas or the covers or even sleeping on your belly. Especially if you are a guy, the stimulation is not going to be as... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Attainable. The stimulation may not be as attainable for a female just based on where the clit is. Did you know that you do not even need to touch yourself at all? Masturbation is not necessary to achieve orgasm with a wet dream. Your brain does all the work. Yep, your mind does all the work. And guys, did you know, now here's another fun fact, Wet dreams are actually good for your sperm count. Yep, they are. Wet dreams are one of the ways that the body gets rid of the older sperm and makes room for new healthy sperm. Yay! Uh, of course, some of the other ways to get rid of that older sperm is masturbation and sex. But, you know, sometimes you're preoccupied, sometimes you don't have a partner, you don't masturbate as often, whatever. So, wet dreams to the rescue. Get rid of that old, nasty, decrepit sperm hobbling around with a cane and glasses and a hearing aid. Get that healthy new sperm in there. So, one of, uh, one of the schools of thought as to why we have wet dreams is that the body gives us these wet dreams when we are under great amounts of stress. Coincidentally, like puberty, when, when you achieve an orgasm, chemicals are released to your brain. These are happy chemicals, dopamine, oxytocin, all kinds of endorphins, and all of these things, all these chemicals in the body that are naturally occurring, they cause overall good feelings and they help to reduce the amount of stress that our mind is undergoing. So yeah, I mean, orgasm is really good anyway, but if you can, that's, that's one of the things too, when you're stressed out, it's very difficult to masturbate, or it's very difficult to become interested in sex. Maybe, maybe you just don't want it, 
but the brain is coming to the rescue. It's going to give you a wet dream so you can have an orgasm and release these happy chemicals to your brain and feel better. All right, so are you ready now for that, that crazy Mama J story? All right, buckle in, babies. Back in 1995, back in 1995, yeah, that was a long time ago. That is when Didi was born. Hmm, yes, that's what this story is about. When Didi was born, I had, uh, I, when I was pregnant with her, my uh, obstetrician was a little worried about the fact that Didi was breech. Not only was she breached, there was something else going on that, and I can't remember what it was. It's been a very, very long time ago, and it's been two and a half decades. There was something else going on, though, that uh, my obstetrician did not want me to try and deliver her vaginally unless she turned. Now, they had mentioned trying to turn the baby. Hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Thank God that I did not have enough amniotic fluid for them to try that because the thought of it, the sound of it, just gave me the heebie-jeebies. I, I just, mm -mm, no, I didn't want that to happen, and I was glad that, glad that I couldn't have that done. It, the thought of it just sounded bad. So we went ahead and we scheduled a C-section, and Dee Dee was born. Okay. Oh, it was wonderful. Didi was born and I had a huge gaping wound in my abdomen that was being held together by staples. Well, that's pretty standard. I mean, it sounds disgusting, but yeah, and it was kind of disgusting. <laughs> and I have a lovely scar that will always and forever remind me of my daughter. Yeah, I had these staples holding my guts in. Now, that's not, in and of itself, that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, people go through this on a daily basis. People get C-sections all the time. I I've had staples in my head when I cut my head open. But yeah, I mean, having your guts held in with staples is a little different, I guess, than having your brains held in. My brains weren't being held in by staples. But my guts actually were. And I could not have anticipated what happened when we got home. Because this was the first time I'd ever had a baby. I'd never had a C-section. And the husband and I, at the time, had a pedestal waterbed. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those full motion waterbeds. It, uh, yeah. And it was one of those old-fashioned ones. It was just the old bladder mattress that you filled up with a hose. It Nowadays, they have waterbeds that you don't even know are waterbeds. But this was an old-fashioned what you think of when you say the word waterbed. That's what we had. And I couldn't get into it. I was having a problem getting into it because it was pulling at my incision site. So I was trying to get in this waterbed and I couldn't do it. And as I was trying, I realized that even if I stood on a stool or got the, the uh, hubby to help me into the bed, I was gonna still have a problem getting out of the bed because you have to use those same abdominal muscles to haul yourself out of the bed. So I said, hmm, 
what the fuck? And I made myself a bed on the couch. I did. And it, it worked great. It worked great. You know, Didi got to sleep in her cradle, and we moved the cradle around to the ex-husband's side of the bed, and whenever she would wake up hungry, the uh, the ex would bring bring her to me, and I was nursing her. So, you know, and she was a newborn, so he couldn't feed her. I hadn't had enough, hadn't had breast milk long enough to stockpile some in the freezer for him to take over some, one or two of those midnight feedings. But, um, he stayed awake. I mean, I'll give him kudos on that. He stayed awake as long as I was awake with the baby. So I didn't have too much to complain about with it except for sore nipples. Oh God. So yes, I made my bed on the couch. Now, that wasn't a big deal because we were in our very first house and we had bought a house that had a guest room. Yes. So we we knew that various and sundry family members from both sides of the family were going to come and see their grandchild, their niece, their godchild. So, but we had a place to put these people when they came to our house. And I was still getting up early enough that I could take my my things, my, my sheets and blankets off the couch and have that out of the way so that people could watch TV and drink their coffee first thing in the morning, which was a very important thing to the people who were coming to visit. So I did that. Now, my mom was the first person to come visit after Dee Dee was born. And mom stayed for about three days or so. Okay, that's fine. And she was a big, huge help. She went ahead and made some, made several meals and froze them for me. She cooked for me while she was there. She took care of Dee Dee for me while she was there. She played with Dee Dee. She did all the grandma things and that was perfect. Now, after the day that my mom left was when the ex's mother arrived. Uh, she drove down. Now, she was she and the ex's father, both of my in-laws were still married. There was some reason that they could not come down together. I, I can't remember the reason, but she came down. She drove down a day ahead of him, and then he flew in the next day. So the first day that both of my in-laws were there, I had been really, really, really stressed out with my mom there. My sister was wanting to know when she could come visit, but I didn't know how long the in-laws were going to be there. My dad also wanted to come visit. And he and my sister were going to end up being there at the same time. And the three of us being together was never a good thing. I was under a lot of stress with the whole uh, family thing. And not to mention, I was terrified of my child. <laughs> I really, really was. Not in a bad way. But babies have always intimidated me because I've never been around babies very much. And they're so delicate and so breakable, and I am such a big goofball klutz. 
I was afraid of my child. But, you know, for, I, I guess for okay reasons, it's not like I was, you know, not paying attention to her. I picked her up and I fed her and everything else. But I was so stressed out. This first night that both of my in-laws were sleeping under my roof, I think I lost my mind a little bit. <laughs> I do, because Dee Dee had been up, I think maybe instead of every two to two and a half hours I think she was up every one and a half to two hours that night I was very very sleep deprived and like I said I was I was agonizing over these family decisions and I couldn't even sleep in my own bed now this had not been a big deal with my mom because she's my mom and she gets me but my in-laws just never quite got me the way that my mom did. They tried. I loved my in-laws. I really did. They, they were good people. Uh, they are both sadly gone now. But, but yes, I have a lot of good memories of them. So yeah, I, I had been stressed out. I had been up feeding the baby. For some reason, I, I was mad at my husband. I think he may have had to go back to work and he was leaving me with his parents. I think that may have been it. And I remember just being so stressed out, so stressed out, and I laid down on that couch at about five o'clock in the morning after I had fed Dee Dee for what felt like the millionth time. I, my nipples were sore, and like I said, I was worried about my dad and my sister. I didn't think my mother had gotten to have enough time with her firstborn grandchild. You know, there was, there was a lot going on in my head. I was stressed out. I was laying on the couch, fast asleep. And I remember waking up that morning, having an orgasm. Yeah. Now that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was that my in-laws were in the living room at the time. Yeah. So there's that. Yes, Mama J had an orgasm because she was stressed out with a new baby and the in-laws were privy to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So babies, don't be embarrassed if you have a wet dream. Don't do it. <laughs> Everybody has them, I promise. Every one of us. And maybe it's embarrassing and maybe it's not. Maybe you had an orgasm in front of your mother and father-in-law and maybe you didn't, but that's okay. All right, don't be embarrassed, babies. Don't be embarrassed. All right, the time has come. Are you ready to write? All right, uh, if you didn't get it, earlier the website is slutradio.fun my email if you want to go the uh, the old-fashioned route like me is slutradio69 at gmail.com my twitter is at slutradio1 and yes my dms are open my insta is slut underscore radio my snap is slut radio all one word my patreon has five levels to choose from so go to patreon.com backslash slut radio and choose which one you want and don't forget to find me on fullswapradio.com 
F-U-L-L-S-W-A-P-R-A-D-I-O, FullSwapRadio.com. You're going to love that one. And join me on Friday. We're going to talk about this newfangled thing called sexting. Ooh. No. <laughs> yeah, I figured it was time to talk about sexting. All right. We'll talk about that on Friday. I'll see you then and there, my babies. Bye-bye.